It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. The year was 1940 and the Axis and Allies were embroiled in the thick of the Second World War. During the later spring months at the Battle of France, a large number of French, Belgian, and British troops became surrounded and their supply line was cut off. The troops withdrew to the coastal city of Dunkirk. At that time, the British began planning the evacuation of the troops from Dunkirk in what would become known as Operation Dynamo. Winston Churchill began preparing for a large loss of life. Though the operation would save some, the thought was that many would lose their lives. As the operation began, there was great chaos, and many were jumping the proper order of evacuation. And so the uncertainty of success grew even bleaker. On May 26th, a national day of prayer was declared across the United Kingdom and special services were held in religious institutions across the nation. Over the course of the next nine days, over 330,000 soldiers were evacuated successfully. While over 60,000 troops were lost, the operation was considered an overwhelming success. Churchill described the operation as a miracle. And Operation Dynamo is better known in history by the name of the miracle at Dunkirk. Great Britain took the risk to save lives. While some lives were lost and a significant amount of equipment was left behind, the saving of the troops was the most important objective. Almost 5,000 years ago, God faced a choice of epic proportions. The earth had become an evil and wicked place. We have studied this passage over the last three weeks. But as a refresher, notice what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he indeed is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also Afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Noah and his family were surrounded by evil everywhere. God needed to evacuate them. He he needed to preserve a line of people who were faithful to him. God in his mercy desired to save Noah and his family, but he also wanted to save as many people as possible. He sent Noah to preach and warn the people, but how could he do it? He chose a most unconventional method and had Noah build a boat Notice what the remainder of Genesis 6 says. Genesis 6. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of the animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive." And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus, Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Notice how specific God's instructions were. The boat had specific measurements. It was to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Now the cubit was a measurement at the time of Noah that was approximately from your elbow to the tip of your longest finger. This was roughly 53 centimeters. So this ship was to be over 150 meters long, just over 26 meters wide and almost 16 meters high. This massive boat would be the length of one and a half football fields and half of its width. In addition, the boat was to have three levels. Now, often, the ark is depicted as a straight rectangular box or in children's book as some little playful boat with animals stuffed in and pointing all out of it. By depicting the ark in such a way, we have made a mockery and a fairy tale 
out of a true story from the Bible. Now, we don't know exactly how the boat was constructed because no further description is given. However, what we do know is this. The technology existed in Noah's day to build a boat that would sustain the harsh forces of nature. This vessel, though stood as more than just some normal feat of human engineering. This ark stood as a testimony to God's faithfulness to his word. Noah was to build an ark and prepare it just as God had commanded. No other humans other than Noah and his seven family members took the warning message seriously. Can you imagine the mocking that Noah took? Can you imagine, just for a moment, the things that people were saying to Noah? But Noah remained faithful. So while none of humankind would come aboard the boat, the ark would be used to save the animal kingdom. At least two of every kind would enter the boat. Now, we can't know for sure what is meant by kind, but no doubt animals were to be included on the ark that would include the basic structure of the animal kingdom. Now, Genesis 7 further instructs Noah that of the two kinds of animals that were to be taken, those two kinds were to be clean and unclean. He was actually to take seven of the clean and two of the unclean. Why such a distinction? Later in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, it explains the differences between clean and unclean animals. Why more clean than unclean? Because the clean animals could be eaten and they could also be sacrificed. The unclean could not. This also teaches us that such a distinction existed long before Moses wrote them down in the law of Moses. Through all of this, God instructed Noah when it was time to get in the boat. Notice Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female, also seven each of the birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters were on the earth. So Noah, with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives, went into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean animals, of animals that are unclean, of birds, and of everything that creeps on the earth. Two by two, they went into the ark to Noah, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. Can you imagine the scene of all the animals entering the ark? The reality is that God was in control. 
and through miraculous intervention, help the entry to be orderly and honoring to God. I want you to take notice of something that is often missed. Noah entered the ark and he waited. He waited for seven days. He waited for seven days for the rain to actually come. Picture in your mind for a moment what was happening in that ark. Hundreds and possibly thousands of animals doing what animals do. The question arises, will God do what he says he will do? Noah was faithful. He obeyed God. He listened to God. What would happen? Just imagine sitting there. The first day passes, no rain. The second day passes, no rain. The third, then the fourth, the fifth, the sixth day passes. But then on the seventh day, that little tapping noise of water droplets, then the earth and the sky unleash. Verses 11 and 12 of chapter 7. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Water coming from above, water coming from beneath. There is probably no event that any of us has witnessed that could be comparable. It seems that the flood experience was like a tsunami and a hurricane and a tornado all wrapped up in one. My friends, it likely doesn't matter what building technique that Noah used. What held that boat together was the protective hand of God. Noah was a righteous man who walked with God, who trusted God, and God was faithful. Let us be very clear that the only survivors of this catastrophic event were Noah and his family and the animals on the ark. No other human being latched onto the boat, jumped onto the boat. No land-dwelling animal survived. See, God had provided ample opportunity for men and women to make a choice and get on the ark. But they loved their sin more than they loved God. God has set up ways. God has set up commandments. These are not to be restrictive, but they are to provide a way of life that is optimal for our well-being. Friends, God is setting up an ark today. The enemy of God's people surround us on all sides. Friends, the Bible says that there is an unseen war going on all around us. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Ephesians 6 and verse 12 tells us of this unseen war that is happening all around us. Notice what the scriptures say. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Our only safety is in the arms of Jesus. 
He is calling us today into the safety of his ark, the safety of his truth, the safety of his word. Today, will you trust him? He took care of Noah and the ark. He can take care of you. He can take care of your problems. Will you trust him today? Friends, God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and have eternal life. Will you come to Jesus today? He's been faithful. He was faithful to Noah, and he'll be faithful to you. In my moments of fear, through every pain, every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone, when my heart i mm-hmm. 
He's been faithful. The story of Noah is a story of God's faithfulness. In fact, the entirety of the scriptures is a story of God's faithfulness to man. A story of God trying to bring man back into his presence and in his company. He's been faithful. Will you be faithful? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We have seen your faithfulness. We see your faithfulness in the story of Noah. We have seen your faithfulness throughout history. Today, we make a choice to be faithful to you. Encourage us and help us that we would be faithful no matter what the cost. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. packing in your child's lunchbox. One of the hot topics in the news lately is childhood obesity. There are many reasons why our children are getting bigger weight-wise. For one thing, our children are driven everywhere. They're just not moving as much as previous generations of children. As well, with all the technological advances we've embraced as a society, such as dishwashers and laundry machines, our children don't have to do the same kinds of physically demanding chores their grandparents may have had to do. Our sedentary lifestyle at home, school, and work is simply creating a larger population. Plus, serving sizes of food have increased, and our children are consuming more fast food, which means more calories, more fat, more weight, more health problems. Most children are not eating enough vegetables, fruits, beans, or whole grains. So, when you're packing your child's lunchbox, here are some great tips from Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, one of my favorite healthy lifestyle organizations. First of all, sandwiches are always good. Try hummus or another bean spread with sliced tomatoes, cucumbers, and shredded carrots in a pita bread. I've got here half a pita. We'll put in some lovely hummus. 
and then just add the tomato to that. We're gonna put in some of the cucumber and then some lettuce and some nice curly carrots. Look at that, it's so pretty. There you have it, veggies in a blanket. It looks and tastes so good. And, or you know what? You could also stuff in some falafel balls to add more protein. Many stores are selling vegan deli slices that look and taste like bologna, roast beef, and turkey. You can serve these on whole grain bread with soy cheese, condiments of your choice, lettuce, and tomato like we have here. Peanut butter is an old standby, or you can try another nut butter such as cashew, almond, or hazelnut with sliced bananas on whole wheat bread like I've got here. Do you know how delicious that is? Or try an avocado and tomato sandwich like we have here. So good for you. How about a hot meal? Fill a wide mouth thermos with leftover pasta and tomato sauce or rice and beans, or how about a nice vegetarian chili? Now soup is so comforting. Warm your child with a hearty bean and vegetable soup or stew. If you're short on time, try a low sodium instant soup. Just stir hot water into the soup mix and pour it into a thermos. And add some side dishes. Choose a couple of the following suggestions to complete your child's meal. Individual boxes of soy or rice milk, soy yogurt, such as I have here. You can add chopped vegetables and hummus like we've got here, or breads or crackers, homemade muffins, rice cakes, pretzels, or fresh fruit. In fact, always include a fresh fruit. For more ideas, visit the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine website at pcrm.org. They've got lots of great resources, including their Nutrition for Kids booklet with delicious recipes your kids will love, like the veggies in the blanket, pizza pizzas, and strawberry smoothies. Yum, I'll see you next time. Friends, God's faithfulness is the only thing that will take us through this great controversy between Christ and Satan. I want to give you a special booklet today. It is a special edition of Signs of the Times called The Great Controversy. In this booklet, you will find inspiring studies that will help you in being faithful to God who has been faithful to you. Here's the information you need to receive today's offer. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. That's It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. Friends, thank you so much for watching. 
I would encourage you to go to itiswrittencanada.ca. There you'll find an abundance of resources to help you in your walk with Jesus. Please join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.